Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Because now, I will snatch every motherfucker birthday. Retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy On those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling While my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things That were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Sam? Yes? The Januagony streak couldn't continue forever, I guess. (laughs) We started out with Fateful Findings, which I would rank as one of the best bad movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Then we led that into that led into Cool Cat Saves the Kids. Which I can't give that to, but was such a fascinating duo watch to have that experience unfold with another human being that it was kind of worth it. Sam, for a long time, I've been fascinated with the late era Steven Seagal stuff. I've never seen any of it. There's like three eras of Seagal movies, Sam. There's when he got to put stuff in the theaters and people more or less respected his output. Like, Out for Justice, that's a good movie. Under Siege, that's a good movie. Or so I remember. Then we stopped letting him put movies in the theaters. And he did direct-to-DVD stuff, but still seemed like he was kind of invested. And then we have the current era, which also seems to be at an end because he hasn't been in a movie in like four years because he's off being a piece of garbage in Russia somewhere, is the like lazy Seagal era, where it's still direct-to-DVD, but I keep hearing all the talk that he doesn't really do anything, he just kind of sits in a chair and mumbles all his dialogue, and then his stunt double has a couple of fights, and then the movie ends. And I've been really interested in seeing one of those. And we, we watched one of those. Yes, we did. I don't know if maybe there's better slash, you know, worse ones. But I feel like this isn't even that. Like, if you swapped out Seagull for Bruce Willis, and we covered this on one of them, the other podcasts, it wouldn't be that different. I It would have been better, I think. Yeah, but it's got a lot of those... It has the same, like, yes, the same hallmarks as... This, yeah, and, you know, you go in thinking, oh, Seagal's the lead, but he's kind of not. He just kind of pops up. Like, he's in it a, a fair bit, but most of the action's handled by a completely different guy. Yeah, the guy from Mutant X. Yeah, apparently. So you keep saying. And, Meeting classic. And Seagal... He sits in a chair quite a bit. So here's what's fascinating about this. The DVD, which I bought, because of course I did, comes with a behind-the-scenes featurette. 
And in this featurette, people involved with the movie are talking about how exciting it is and how unique it is that Seagal is going to do a lot of his own action in this movie. Like, this is the most sword play Seagal's done in a movie since Under Siege. Like, he's doing so much of his own action. And they even say, which is very unique. It's insane to me that a selling point is like, oh, yeah, Seagal, like, let him, let, him, let us film him with a camera. And, like, stood up and did stuff, which is not common in, in movies, his movies these days. So I was like, well, if that's the bar. <laughs> Then a very low bar to clear. Wow. Maybe we should have picked whatever he did right before a good man that made those people go, hey, I mean, in this one, Seagal grabs a guy's wrist. So, you know, we got something good here. Like, this is hearkening back to the goal. It's like, no, it's not. Stop that. <laughs> no. Yeah. The plot. I mean, it's one of those, you know, it's very blue. The movie's very blue, very blue and yellow. The plot. Convoluted. Convoluted, but also like at its bones, very straightforward. But then there's just so many different characters. Like at its core, Steven Seagal is Alexander, a guy who in the opening scene kind of assassinates someone by badly. <laughs> standing in a doorway and just shooting him in the head as his car drives past him which is no. the laziest execution of anyone I've ever seen like sort of tries to chase him but then just kind of like hey man I think if I just stand in this door he'll just drive by and I'll shoot him in the side of the head it, yeah for me again it's the stealth where he's like standing in the window <laughs> having like a regular conversation like at a normal voice into his walkie-talkie and they're like going on about how stealthy he is it's yeah. like no what's the the phrase they use when you need to be quiet there's an actual like they say it over the comms like no I don't I know because they don't I've, use it in they don't use it in this movie. I've played a lot of Call of Duty, but anyway, my my joke was going to be saying that phrase, and then yeah, exactly. Seagal just being like, "Okay, man, I got it," and then standing in a directly like, in the middle of the window, directly like. in a window that if any one of these six guys sort of glanced in their in their peripheral, would go, "There's a there's a fucking huge guy in the window <laughs> just staring at us." I will also say Seagal in a bit better shape than I expected him to be. Like, oh, oh I okay. So maybe my expectations, the, maybe my expectations were different because I've literally never seen a Steven Seagal movie before this one. This was a fantastic introduction. Oh man, because like I, I think multiple times I commented on the fact that like he is not believable as anyone. Like he looks like he gets winded opening his McDonald's bag. Like he is puffy and like looks old and like he can't really like he talks like he's got a mouthful of gravel like it's he is not believable like there's scenes where he shoves someone and they fly across the room and i'm like how like he would need to have a nap after that hey man i just need a just need a second that i'm gonna crack into these nuggets <laughs> tell me what tell me what toy i got no it's okay but just tell me tell me what's a toy tell me what the toy is 
And he does talk like that when he's giving his dialogue. Like it sounds like he needs to like pause and catch his breath. And yeah. Maybe it was just different expectations, <laughs> but I was like, okay. He's up and about and doing stuff. Yeah. He took he, a few steps. Good for him. His fight sequences. I think Seagal's always been like this. One of those guys. It's pretty, it's like actually very common in action movies now that just doesn't take damage. Like he's going to go into every situation and decimate everybody. That's like that whole thing came out about like Jason Statham and Vin Diesel and the rock. all have things in their contracts that stipulate how many times they can get punched in a fight and stupid shit like that. So Seagal feels like the OG of that. Like he's never, no one's even going to come close to taking him down. It probably used to be better, but yeah, in, in this movie, like it, it never, no one ever even comes close to sort of kind of getting the upper hand, but because he's either one, not really doing the fighting two can't fight. C all of the above. I know I went, I think I went a to C in my breakdown uh yeah all of the fights he just like he's just very good at pushing he can just <laughs> shove someone and then they just go like ah, through the air or like he just kind of grabs their wrist and then a bunch of editing happens and then all of a sudden <laughs> that guy's on the ground so many people's arms get broken in this movie there's a lot of arm breaking i appreciated that he kicks one guy in the testicles right yeah. before he stabs him oh yeah also he has this this giant ass not even really. I called it a machete when we were watching it. It's not. It's just they a call big it a knife. short sword. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Not quite a sword, but bigger than a knife, but shaped like a knife and not a machete. He has. He, calls he it, also seems to just like literally pull it out of his ass. Yep. Several times. Anytime he use it, I just got hang on. Just reach in there. There you go. I call this. Oh, I call this the devil's sword. <laughs> One thing I'm not doing, though, in my bad Seagal impression is the accent that comes and goes. He's doing an accent so in this movie, but he's not, but he is, but he's kind of is. Sometimes he forgets, I think. Like, he's, I think I described it as foghorn leghorn with a mouthful of marbles. It's, yeah, it's it's not like he starts with it and loses it. We were constant, constantly <laughs> questioning is it there? Is he like it just is he slurring? Is that an accent? What is happening? Some words have it, some don't. It also seems like he's making up everything he's saying. <laughs> there are some really good lines that every like they kind of give them, you know, it's like an improv comedy where they go, Here are the beats we need to cover in this scene, and the rest you can just make up. Except they didn't say that, he just took it upon himself to do it, and no one else is prepared for it. So if in a scene they're like, in this scene, you know, you're trying to get this guy to help you. And all of his dialogue will be like, you know, man, sometimes you need help. This is one of those times. So if you're going to help me, this is the time where I would need that help. So are you going to help? Or are you going to fucking sit on the sidelines and watch the men who need help not get help? Like, that's it. That's everything he says in this movie. Yeah, basically, like. I know you don't trust me, but you're gonna you're gonna have to trust me because if you don't trust me, then we got no trust. And if there's no trust, then how are you gonna trust? Like, you understand you what see. I'm saying, man? And you everyone's can, I like, swear the guy looks visibly confused. The mutant ex dude. I don't remember his actual name. Victor Weber or something. Caleb or Webster. Benny or Georgie or. Oh, in the movie, it's Sasha because I say it a lot. Oh yeah, 
yeah, I guess we never finished talking about the plot, but it's pretty <laughs> Alexander a couple years after this, what we learned later was a only semi successful assassination moves Which next the, door do we talk about the fact that the entire like safe house gets blown up at, which had that point like why wouldn't you just start there if you were gonna do it anyways yeah it is weird that they sent in seagull with guns and then four seconds later went anyway let's just blow the building up after like the a- guy had escaped though because seagull's not very good as an assassin no yeah he moves next door to two sisters and their brother took over like their dad died and he owed a lot of money to some bad people and so the brother basically inherited that debt because the guys you know well i still need my money and to that that's actually it that's kind of the movie it's just him being like i need money and i'm gonna like make your sister do sex work yeah and the brother doesn't want that and then there's a other like the younger sister gets kidnapped and then seagull goes to church and kind of helps the the church thing is weird too <laughs> like this movie the is church, so bizarre the church thing is great because he goes into a church near the start of the movie the priest somehow knows who he is even though he's also makes it clear he's never set foot in there before oh it's like oh you, you when you see something you see something you like steven seagal <laughs> oh just just check just what is it? just checking the place I'm just checking the place out, man. And then the next time he goes to <laughs> church, he's there with the brother and sister being like, okay, here's how we're going to get these motherfuckers. We're going to fucking get in there and I'm going to fucking kill every one of these motherfuckers. Like, why did you have to host this murder meeting in the church? <laughs> like, they never think to check there, obviously, Sean. Like, just checking the place out in case we ever need to talk murder plans. I also like that after he leaves the church the first time, he goes to a community center and just stares at the children through the uh, like the open door, which like presumably it's kind of chilly out because Seagal never takes off his ugly jacket or sunglasses. Even though the movie is overcast the entire time, he keeps them on for most of the church scene too when he walks in. So they feel like the same outfit he probably was wearing in the other movies he was doing. He just kind of wanders in from set to set. Hey, is this a Steven Seagal movie? It is I, now. I guess it could be. Okay, man. <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts on being honest. Because if you're not honest, you're being a liar. And liars are no fucking good, man. Whatever. Point the camera at him. <laughs> get him a chair. Sorry, Frank Grillo. This is a Seagal movie now. I assume Frank Grillo's also there. Okay, he'll wander one set over to the left and it'll be fine. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much what all these movies are. It's just <laughs> everyone just shows up and everyone just shuffles down <laughs> one set. You just kind of wander into the set one day and go, okay, who do we got? Frank Grillo, Mel Gibson, and Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, we can make a movie out of this. <laughs> Here's 50,000 each and a warehouse. See you in six days. <laughs> I think six days is being generous. I don't know. This had a church and mm. and a warehouse and an apartment building hallway. Steven Seagal had to get out of his chair several times, so that probably ate up some of their schedule. Well, that's the only way that he could snatch every motherfucker birthday. <laughs> <laughs> 
which hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I, I uh, used as the intro clip to this episode because <laughs> I hope you I did because it's can't, so good. I can't. Ex- I think I kind of get what I mean for context. There's the, I forget even who he's talking to. He's like trying the to priest. negotiate with, with the, the priest. OK, he's talking about the bad guys. <laughs> And then when he's like his badass line to indicate he's going to go get the bad guys is like, well, that's too bad because now almost snatch every motherfucker birthday, not every motherfucker's birthday singular. I'm going to snatch every motherfucker birthday. I think it was supposed to be plural. And I think the line is meant to indicate like they're not going to have any more birthdays because they're dead. And that's, you know, the antithesis of birth is death. You can't have no more birthdays. I, I guess that's what he's trying to say. I think but so, no. but so badly. It also kind of shows that I bet Seagal doesn't do second takes. Because no. there's no way someone, like everyone didn't hear that and go, Seagal, can you maybe? No. All right. I mean, I already there was, stood up. There was also that other scene too, where um, that guy just randomly shows up and starts harassing Lena in the bar, and I forget what exactly he says, but it's delivered <laughs> so deadpan. Hey, you! I want to do the sex work. Hey, you! It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, you bitch! Why? <laughs> Why you won't do the sex work? Like, it's just- all strung together with no pause between sentences. <laughs> No pause, no inflection, nothing. It had to have been ADR'd by like text, speech to text or text to speech, right? Oh, it almost has to have been. No human talks like that. Because, yeah, you did it pretty much spot on. Like, hey, you, where are you going? I want her to do the, you bitch, come back here. Like, it's (laughs) flat with no inflection. Like, there's no way a human delivered those words. And that happens a couple of times. That one was the most egregious, though. Like, it was just, it was hilarious. Like, I was dying. Yeah, that one was that. And I don't even think I really laughed at every motherfucker birthday. I was just like, what? Confused. (laughs) What did that man just say to that other man? The other moment that got me to laugh was the, the cops when, like, she says, oh, there's our guy. And the guy is just like. And he just whips around with like, like super wide eyes, and, like lowers his sunglasses, but in the most dramatic, over the top fashion, like and like whips around. Like that guy, he must have needed to like ice his neck after that scene because like it was a lot. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, there's two cops. It's not really that important. Like we no. said, it's one of those. The plot itself is very straightforward. Like family owes debt, needs to get out of debt. Seagal's got to kill the bad guys. They kidnap the little sister to be like, oh, you know, you're going to do what we say or we'll kill the little sister. But then in the midst of all that, there's like a gang war thing and there's two cops investigating it. And there's a few like who's a bad guy, who's a good guy. It's an hour, 45 minutes, which is very unnecessary. There's not really anything i can point to as an action show piece really like the seagull fights are kind of funny because he you know just shoves guys through walls and then by the end we'll just pull out his sword and stab them through the neck 
or like stab the sword behind them because they don't have an effects budget. So it's meant <laughs> to look like he's stabbing them through the neck, but you can tell the sword is just kind of going behind their back. And then a fake blood spray happens. The blood effects are really bad in a couple of places. Yeah, there's, there's the guy who gets shot in the head where like it does not bleed like at all. There's like one drop of blood, and then at the end when he kills the I forget his name. The bag the main bad guy? Yeah, is Mr. Ho? No, that's not right. Mr. Chen? Mr. Mr. Chen. I don't know. It's I think Mr. I know... Chen is right. I know the actor playing him has had a, a illustrious career that yeah, Mr. Chen, yeah. He's like, as soon as he popped up, I was like, I recognize that guy. And then you look up his filmography and it's like, like his top of known for Rush Hour, Arrival, The Farewell. Like even re- like he was on Bosch for two episodes pretty recently. And he did like the live action Mulan and Veep and even the year he made a good man. I remember checking and seeing that like he had a pretty good he didn't project. Need to be in this. <laughs> No, he did not need to be. He was on 24 that same year when they brought 24 back for a limited like little series run. He's done like a bunch of American Dad. Like I could keep going. He's done a lot of stuff. I don't know why he's here. But when he gets killed, like the blood is like. It's not even blood colored. Okay, so the images that are associated with this movie, one is a printer printing out a photo of Seagal's character, which I find uh, fat. It's also the same image uh, that's used on the poster being printed out of the printer. Uh, A half naked woman from the awful strip club that they're always in, in this movie where no women is ever actually, no women are ever actually stripping uh, clinging to Seagal. And then the fifth picture is the DVD. This the, just this, the, (laughs) Just the picture of the DVD. Uh, oh, this is an ad for Killers of the Flower Moon. It's like in the sixth is <laughs> not even from this movie. Uh, and then unfortunately, the other image is, uh, wait, no, then the back of the DVD case and the unfortunate uh, sex scene that oh. closes out the movie because we were, we were so close. We were very, very concerned that the older sister and Seagull were going to hook up throughout the entire movie and then everything was winding down and we thought we had made it and the very last scene we were like wait the brother and younger sister are leaving them alone (laughs) oh no and then it cuts back to the bedroom to a very excited whatever the sister's character's name is arena irena lena i think lena uh removing her dress and a disinterested Seagull watching Still in her his do leather it. jacket. And then we get like the kind of making out where you know they're not actually making out because arms are positioned in key ways and whenever it shows a close-up of her it's clearly Seagull's stunt double and then when it's not Seagull it seems like she was like he does not get to touch me because his hands are always a little bit hand. above. Yeah. yeah. And I hope credits. she had that in her contract because I would not want him touching me. They were 35 years apart in age, for anyone wondering, which is an almost entire me, and I think an actual entire you. More than an entire actual me. Shut up. No one has. <laughs> so that's awful. 
And it's not like, you know, Seagal has stayed a handsome dude into his seventies. Oh, no. Like we were watching those, uh, I've mentioned them a couple times. I forget his name. I'll, I'll look him up in a second. Uh, he's been in a couple Bollywood action movies and you look him up and he's like in his late fifties and you're like, holy shit. Like it's still kind of weird that he's getting with women a lot younger than him, but like, he's still like a handsome dude. Sorry. It was too short to know where that edit's going to be. So now there's just going to be an awkward pause. <laughs> what was I saying? Seagal's uh, not a yeah. handsome enough dude to be pulling in women 35 years younger than him. He could have been with a woman his exact same age and my reaction would have been the same. I don't think that any woman should allow him to touch her. Yeah, or it man. is better. Really, that, any person. Yeah, it is better that Seagal remain a sexless entity that's just smooth. Just smooth down there. <sighs> I did want to ask you, so this movie was directed by Keone uh, Waxman. So I got curious to be like, oh, what kind of stuff does Keone Waxman do? Keone Waxman does Steven Seagal movies. Would you like yep. to guess how many? I know I looked. I'm guessing that there are at least 14. Let's count together, kids. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think we close out at ten. That's okay. double digit Seagal movies. Yeah, that's and a lot. That's between 2009 and 2016. So that is more movies than years. That's too many. I have not seen any of them. He definitely is in charge of later era Seagull. Until I wonder what happened in 2016 to get him to jump ship. Is that when Steven Seagull went on to do his terrible cop program no that was way before oh was it and if you do look at seagull pictures of him in other movies it does kind of look like he just carries through the same general look and outfit but yeah his last films were uh seagull i mean he did four more without keone waxman apparently in one of them he was credited as steve siegel that's interesting <laughs> in china salesman He's credited as Steve Siegel. And I'm pretty sure that's Mike Tyson. Yeah, that is Mike Tyson front and center. Mike Tyson versus Steven Seagal, spelled properly on the poster. Interesting. All of the pictures are Mike Tyson with Steven Seagal's stunt double. So that tells you everything <laughs> you know about that one. Uh, and then he did Attrition, General Commander, and then closed it out with Beyond the Law and uh, hasn't hasn't made a movie since. Hmm. So. What a fascinating man. Yeah. Yeah. By all accounts, just a just a piece of shit. Awful oh, yeah. Person. A repugnant like, man, but fascinating. Like, like just everything like I Vern, who has been on this show before did the phantom episode he wrote like a whole book called Sagology, which is actually like a super interesting read because he took it upon himself to be like i'm gonna really get in and analyze these movies and even he was broken even he eventually was like i'm done i can't and he stuck it out for a while he's like yeah this is 
I feel like it's best just to not talk about this man anymore. He's he's like anti uh who's who's like the main like the anti Hugh Jackman, like the guy that you've just like every story you've ever heard is oh he's the nicest dude you'll ever meet. I don't think I've ever the heard anyone Yeah, he's the anti Keanu. Like no one has ever had a slightly even kind word to say about Steven Seagal, except at the start of that 15 minute featurette where they praised him for kind of Ending. doing some action. <laughs> like every, and I, like, I know John Leguizamo has like a pretty famous story about the two of them not getting along on executive decision. And he's known as like the biggest piece of garbage to ever host Saturday night live. And Trump hosted that thing twice. So impressive yeah i don't think i've i mean there must be a like keone waxman maybe has a few <laughs> nice things to say about him but yeah it's like almost impressive how you've never and like he wanted to fight van damme and then van damme was like i'll fucking fight you and then he backed down apparently of course van damme would fucking destroy him oh, of course like i mean van damme is by all accounts not a stellar human being either but Steven Seagal. Yeah, but when I see John, John, Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> do things Johnny. on screen, I can see. Well, he's okay if I call him that, Johnny D. When I see Johnny D on screen, you know, laying down kicks and doing the splits and showing people what's what, I'm like, well, that's that's him. I can see that he's a capable human being at this stuff. It's believable. When I see, yeah, when I see Seagal do it, it's like. Oh, you just had to get into editing and cut around this to make it look like this man was accomplishing something. Like snatching every motherfucker birthday. <laughs> it's also great to like at random points of this movie, <laughs> the dialogue will suddenly be on the screen in like really bold red letters. And like, I I'm... never pieced together why those pieces of dialogue were the ones that they're like, yes, this and it it wasn't like in a comic book where the important words are in bold. It would just be like someone going, what's he doing here? And those words <laughs> would appear on screen in special fonts. It's like, why? You have 24 like, hours. Like, it's, it, yeah. Like, I Random think, am I, things. am I remembering right? Maybe I'm not. Like, I feel like in John Wick, when they're like the Baba Yaga or something, like, it comes up on screen. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. There's some movie where like it does that but it's to like it makes sense because it's I feel like maybe bullet train did bullet train do something like that maybe there's some movie Wick. where they like yeah okay there's Anyways, some action movie yeah. i'm thinking of where like it would come up on screen to enhance like a character name or something yeah. but it wasn't title cards i can't explain what i'm going for Basically, what I'm saying is I have no idea why. <laughs> Whatever like, it was, it wasn't this. I'm going to get a sandwich. It's like, why the fuck did that get the special <laughs> fun? The first time is it happened, it's like, what is happening? You're like, why are the subtitles doing this? What's wrong with them? It's like, no, no, that's a feature, Sean. I just don't get it. It's like, again, someone in editing went, I'm going to put like a little, couple little flourishes here. That don't fit at all. Razzmatazz. Like this is not that kind of movie. This isn't the kind of movie where a character shows up and they do the like faculty style freeze frame 
like this is this character or like you know breaking it down into like this person's the assassin and they don't like grapes (laughs) not with like this is a deadly serious movie yeah unintentional comedy but not a lot of intentional comedy no and I, I think honestly they just didn't have any kind of budget for any kind of special effects. So they're like, we have five bucks left over. I can buy this font off of the font database. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are in luck. It's on sale today. It's four ninety eight. <laughs> After tax. Yeah, I don't get it. Like I don't I don't know who, who these are for anymore. Like, we often say on the other podcasts that most of, like, the direct-to-video Willis stuff, like, you could recommend to your dad. Like, any dad, really, would probably watch it and not be angry at how he spent his 90 minutes. This is not that. I think your father would be confused. Yeah, I just don't know who the audience is for Seagal movies anymore. Like, the action isn't exciting, the story is cookie-cutter. The acting is bad. The acting is bad. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. No. I think the little girl was the best actor, but I mentioned multiple times that like she feels like an old lady trapped in a five-year-old's body. And it's it's creepy. I didn't yeah, like it. There, she gets yeah, a weird vibe. She does, but I would agree that she is probably the best actor here, aside from Mr. Chen. Who doesn't yeah. have a whole lot to do. No, so. I mean, she, he just shows up and there's like very like stereotypical Chinese pan yeah. flute music every time <laughs> he appears on screen. Yeah. Well done, a good man editor. <laughs> Telling you it's the X-Files racist pan flute all over again. Can I recommend it as a so bad it's good? No. No. I was really hoping to get a lot more laughs out of it, that it would just be, you know, silly, out of breath, awful Seagull sitting in a chair going like, I'd love to help you, man, but my gun's way on the other side of the room, and I just don't see myself walking over there to get it, man. But it wasn't really that, like, aside from motherfucker birthday and a couple just, like, moments here and there. Eventually, it's just like, yeah, we're just watching like a very subpar one of these movies. Yeah, it and it drags like it is too long. By oh, it's 10, a good fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes too long. Yeah, it doesn't have the story to sustain it. And I think like if it were more accessible, like if it were just on Prime or something, you can go fire it up and watch it. Then maybe it might be something you can recommend as like. This is kind of funny, like put it on in the background, laugh when it gets good. But no, you have to pay money for this. I I spent five dollars on this. I spent more than they did on the font. I forget what I spent on the DVD because I've had it for a good couple years now. So not not a whole lot, but it was worth it. But any amount, you know what, man, like Seagull, you know, here he is walking down an alley, man, and we got him to do that. So you even touch on the fact that he calls himself the white devil. Yeah, he does do that. Which, ugh. yeah, it's not. <sighs> it's mean. yeah, it's not bad enough to be funny. It's not. It's just, I don't know. What did you give it? Star and a half, oh, two God. stars. Like I think I gave one, it a star and a half. Half, yeah. I think, I 
maybe a star and a half because like it's got some stuff i guess like the actors are trying some of them they're not doing a very good job but they're trying i give it an extra half star for those fancy cowboy boots oh yeah those were very rhinestone-y <laughs> they're fabulous i think that's a good man and yes they do say a good man in the movie yes that so, letterbox review is incorrect. Yeah, there's a letterbox review that says they don't even say the title. Wrong. We Leo pointed memed it. It was there. <laughs> it happened. You just weren't paying attention. Not said by Seagal, which was kind of disappointing, but oh well, what can you do? Eh. Even if he had said it, he would have fucked it up. Okay, Seagal, this is the scene where you name dropped the title of the movie. I got it. Yeah, you're gonna need decent person to go and think well he's I'm, not gonna I'm, say it again so i think at one point he does say that he's a bad man who does or he does bad things to bad men or something and i think that's i'm a bad guy they were trying bad to get things there, to bad but... people there's some people that do good things but i'm not one of those fucking guys i do bad things things that things that you'd hear and go that's a bad thing those are the things i do Something you're currently enjoying? Uh, I forgot that we do this again. I've been doing so it's... well, Sean, the last like three episodes. I had something right. Did I already say Cult of the Lamb? I think I did. Yes, you did. I don't know. I haven't been watching TV. Like, I read a book that I didn't particularly like. Yeah, I'm trying to think what I got going on my end. I'm I bought the newest Avatar game and had no idea that it's basically just reskinned Far Cry. So I got about a half hour into that and was kind of disappointed to see like, oh, Ubisoft just went, hey guys, what if you just take like all the Far Cry stuff and put it on Pandora? That that's a game, right? So oh, that Avatar. Just thinking yeah, 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 yeah. Airbender. No, no, the cats, the big blue cats. So that was kind of a bummer. I'm gonna, you know, keep giving it a shot and see. But the discovery that that's what it's like. Oh, I am not really, and that's on me for not looking it up. But I mean, it's, like, oh, it's not necessarily what I'm in the mood for. So, and then um, book wise, I read the the first that the the Murderbot book, All Systems Red, which I quite enjoyed, and put a hold on the next one of those. And I also quite liked Zoe is Too Drunk for this Dystopia, which is the third Zoe Ash book by the guy who did all the John Dies at the End books. So there's a couple recommendations. But yeah, other than that. Sneeze on your own time. I'm sorry. I was trying to, but it wouldn't stay in anymore. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've only finished one book so far this year. It was Looking Last Sound, which was fine i do it my library hold on that is back so um i've Good. read a little bit more i'm very interested to see where you land at the end because i really liked like i think up to where you are i was way invested in it and then it pivoted and i was like fuck this yeah see i'm not invested in the first 60 percent, so maybe the last 40 percent will grab me maybe like like it's not even that it's bad it's just I'm just yeah. reading it because it's there because it's on my phone. There you go. I yeah. Other than that, what am I enjoying? I don't know. I started The Maid by Nita Prose, 
it's good so far, but I'm only like 70 pages in. I haven't watched, but I, I saw Poor Things. Did I talk about Poor Things yet? No, there you go. Poor there you things. go. Okay, Poor Things. Poor Things was good. It was very strange. Someone told me it's like if Tim Burton was still talented. Yeah. Like if Tim Burton still made Tim Burton ass movies, that this is something maybe he would have done. If it were, it's like Tim Burton, but like original. Like it doesn't have the Burton, you know, when you look at a Tim Burton movie and it's always yeah. like Tim Burton-y. This doesn't have that. Like I didn't watch that and go, oh, well, obviously this is the same guy that did all the those lobster. others. Yeah, I was trying to, I, the lobster and killing of a sacred deer. and They just re- recommended, what did we just finish watching? And they were like, hey, if you like that, you might like the lot. Oh, it was the um, Kevin Hart action comedy Lift on Netflix, which is like almost seemingly designed to be a two and a half star movie. But it's like, you know, a very standard heist action sort of comedy. At the end, it was like, Hey guys, if you like that, maybe the lobster. Um, what a strange recommendation! That is a reach, but have okay. Have you seen it? I have not seen the lobster. I've heard it's not. I've heard it's good. It's just a lot, so I haven't it's actually weird. partaken in it. I haven't actually watched any. I haven't watched Killing of a Sacred Deer. I haven't seen Poor Things yet, so I'm kind of behind on. I've only seen I've... those two. I like them both. And I do want to see poor things. All I've made it out to the theater for so far this year is fucking night swim because <laughs> a snowstorm kept us away from the beekeeper last weekend. And I was so mad. So hoping to get out to a theater soon. Cause yeah, I want to see beekeeper. I want to see mean girls. There's a movie coming out tomorrow called ISS that I've heard's quite good. So we saw poor things for my husband's, birthday because we were already out and yeah the weather was shit but we got there and it was in like the first part of it is in black and white and he hates like that is like his like drop dead thing like a movie's in black and white he's leaving and he just gave me like a look I'm like you picked this it's not my fault so but it, it it didn't last long so it was fine he powered through and he enjoyed it one yeah. day well, that's a good man. Thank you, Sam, for this. <laughs> um, I think we're closing out Januagony with a movie called Money Plane. There's a few different options for how we might end this month, and I think we're going to do this like weird Kelsey Grammer action movie. So, and like Kelsey Grammer now. Oh. So that'll make it even better. Um, so I think that's how we're we're going to close things out because I've heard that one has a bit of a rep as well. And that's when I officially stopped looking into it. So uh, so I think that's next. And then I'm pretty sure the plan for February is still to do a bunch of like low budget 90s erotic thrillers. So Perfect. I, considering it's January 18th, should probably start digging those up. Because a lot of them are relegated to only VHS, but I'm sure for a few, <laughs> if you type them into the Internet Archive, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got 1994's Hot for Teacher. Here you go. They're like, thanks. I'm happy to be the seventh viewer. Uh, but all that being said, naturally, Sam is going to take us out with a classic quote from Steven Seagal's 2014 opus, A Good Man. What's happening?
which he says to a child. Twice. Oh, so uh, yeah, get out there and snatch every motherfucker birthday. But you know what? For good measure, maybe I'll play again right now. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Because now I will snatch every motherfucker birthday. So for all those things nostalgic, I have to do with sin like this. I work here a lot. Hey, where are you going, honey? I want to lap dance. 